We live in a culture that values love and kindness, while simultaneously, people aren't very loving or kind. It's another reason why we should turn away from culture and embrace true love and kindness. No matter how we're treated, we seek to live up to the standard of Christ. To help make our kindness active, we're going to be interacting with some, at least claimed, real-life examples to see how this should be handled by Christians. Welcome to the Pilgrim Song. Welcome to the Pilgrim Song. I'm Alexander. And I'm Charlie. And we're your favorite interracial friends talking about Jesus. Good to have Charlie back for this episode. How yeah. you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. good. Finally not having technical difficulties. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> well, we missed you on the last one. But yeah, it was very good, though. <laughs> Super good. If you guys haven't listened to it, yes. highly recommend. Absolutely. Support. It's actually our second highest listened to episode. So thank you guys for that. I appreciate it. All right, so today, as you probably heard in our introduction, we're going to be talking about rudeness. Charlie, who is the most rude character in Scripture to you? This is such a good question, <clears throat> but I decided to go not character, but a nation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, I guess, like, specifically Edom to me. So, like, uh, the, the, when I think about just, like, rudeness, right, I'm not thinking, like, you know, like, the, like just absolutely evil people, just like a general rude. Mm-hmm. And to me, like Numbers 20 is a perfect example of that. You've got Israel trying to pass through Edom on their journey. Moses, in a very nice way, reaches out to Edom. He's like, hey, we're going to be passing through. We're not going to go through the field. We're not going to go through the vineyards. We're not even going to get water from the well. Like We're just going to quickly make our way through your land on our journey. And Edom responds with, absolutely not. You are not going to pass through our land. No way. It's like, and if you do pass through our land... We're going to meet you with an army, and we're going to fight, basically fight this out. And there's a little, and Moses responds with like, come on, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to pass through. And then Edom's like, no, and then sends a full army out to basically scare Israel away from coming in. It's just like, really? Like, and then they make them go all the way around Edom. It's like, really? Like, this is not only are they another nation, they're literally your family. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you guys have the same lineage, tracing back to the same person. Like, goodness that's just when i read that i'm like why why are you reading so rude you know just just let them go through your land like it's not that big of a deal but nope eat them they get what's coming to them later yeah that's true (laughs) that's a really good example i that was not even on my radar so yeah deep cut bob yes there you go uh mine is i guess semi deep cut uh so mine is shimei yeah and david is leaving after his son has formed this this coup he's taken over his land is doing all this mm-hmm. horrible stuff and sh- and david's just walking and crying and like all this stuff yep. and he's sitting there like throwing dirt and cursing <laughs> at him and it's like bro like just chill out and yeah. he's and he has clearly not he doesn't have both sides of the story because he's accusing david of what happened to saul and his death it's just like yep. and then he has to come back after david gets back on the throne he's like please don't kill me yeah. <laughs> it's a it's he's a, That's a good he's a mess but uh, as humans, we have this tendency to treat other people with this sort of rudeness. Maybe it's not to the level of Edom or Shimei, but we're still rude. Whether it's selfishness, just caring more about ourselves than other people, it could just be being inconsiderate for struggles. We make comments and never understand or consider how someone is struggling in the background. So we ultimately need to be patient and compassionate. 
when someone cuts in front of us on the highway, it's not worth to try to chase them down or get in front of them or whatever childish thing we could do. Not only is it dangerous and people have gotten shot from doing things like that, but we have to answer the corny but real question, what would Jesus do? So in learning how to combat rudeness, we're going to be jumping into a pretty scary and interesting realm, Reddit. Uh, I'm not very, I'm not a Redditor. This is just something I've seen other people do. <laughs> um, but Reddit has pages that are called subreddits and they have this page on there where it's, am I the, we're just going to call it a jerk. Uh, and people will go to this page and they post their grievances and frustrations, but mainly to ask, are they rude or a jerk for the way that they acted or what they said? So today we're going to be going through and seeing if we can answer not just if they are a jerk for doing the things they did, but how should a Christian react in, a situ in these given scenarios? Uh, so this will be pretty fun, but we also want to take it seriously to help you work through and navigate some really weird situations. All right, you ready, Charlie? Let's do it. Cool. So our first situation relates to public life and how we react and relate to people uh, in public. Our first post says, I, 35 female, joined a gym near my house recently. I picked this one because it has a circuit area and I've only ever done circuit workouts before. So while I'm learning the ropes, I wanted something familiar. The circuit area is designed from the rest of the, uh, different from the rest of the gym. The workout is one minute per machine and the area is designed for people doing that workout. There are signs clear, posted clearly. There is a timer screen on the wall. The rules are there uh, for all to see. Limit one minute per machine. The machines aren't different from the ones in the rest of the gym, so many of the gym goers use the circuit machines when match, the matching one is occupied. When no one is using the circuit area, this doesn't matter, and no one tells them not to. But when someone is, they're expected to move off the machine that someone needs in order to complete their workout. I've had to ask people to move a few times. For some, I even had to point out the rules, and people typically move without incident. Until the other day. I was doing my workout and a man was using a machine in the middle of a circuit area. I skipped over the machine he was on, hoping that he'd be done by the time I was done with the other five to six machines I'd be using. When it was done, he wasn't. And after glancing over to see if the matching machine was free, it wasn't, I asked him if he could move for just one minute so I could finish up. He said no. I tried to explain that area, that area wasn't, uh, wasn't for regular workouts, and I just needed that one machine to complete my workout. He said no again. I pointed out the rule sign and timer. He started yelling at me, saying he'd been a member for however many years and, I'm, and no newbie was going to come in and tell him what he can and can't use. And he called me names that I won't repeat. I got a staff member who told him to move and eventually he did. And I used the machine for exactly one minute. I was quite shaken at being screamed at by a grown man in a public place, though. I went home and emailed the gym owner complaining about the man. They replied and said after reviewing security footage, they have revoked his membership. My friend said that I am a jerk for going that far with it and getting his membership revoked over a one-minute workout. All right, Charlie. What, what do you think? <clears throat> Yikes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> reality check in this situation. It's one set in a workout. You know, it was like my first response with this. Like, mm -hmm. I, So I, I, every time we do this, I look at both sides of the story, right? Yeah. So from the, from the girl's perspective, it's one minute. It's one workout. I think today you'd probably live without doing that particular mm -hmm. one. Is this really the fight that you want to be picking with people? Mm -hmm. Probably shouldn't be. <clears throat> However, the dude also uh, could have been less selfish in the situation as well, right? Mm -hmm. You're both members of the same gym. 
We both have equal rights to the equipment. Barney taught us when we were children that sharing was a good thing. You're adults now. Act like it. That's <laughs> like my first mm-hmm. Like, so I know you've got some some examples, and I totally agree with them. Um, I know, you know, for me, like, you know, Philippians 2, 3, uh, treating others better than yourself, a good example. The, then also, like, the the classic, the golden rule, treating others that you want to be treated, right? Just being generally nice, right? The girl, maybe that's not the fight you want to pick, but the guy, when someone asks you to move or do something, you know, maybe, just maybe, you should be nice and allow someone else to to borrow the equipment as well. So just when I read this, I was like, you just got this, this, this is elementary. Just yeah. sharing, sharing guys. You just, <laughs> you got to share. Like that's just life. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. Again, this goes to show, you know, given that we're going to take, assume that this is a real story that happened. Yeah. This is the, this is the way that people act and treat each other. It's yeah. just so, as, as Charlie said, childish. Uh, so for me personally, I would have done that differently. I am not a confrontation person <laughs> uh, unless it's the gospel. Like any other time, I don't I don't want to address people like this. Um, so anyway, when I read this, I thought Romans 12, uh, verses 16 through 17, where Paul writes, Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. So I think that she was in the right for calling him out on the violation of the rules. However, I think you have to go to a pretty far extreme to go and email and try to get his membership revoked. Because if he's been there for such a long time, uh, you know, that's pretty messed up. Additionally, though, this man probably wasn't an angel for all the years that he was at, at, I'm assuming to be Planet Fitness. I I go to Planet Fitness, so I I assume that's where it is. Uh, So he probably was an angel during his time. And ultimately, higher up people made this decision. I think as Charlie said, though, why don't you just choose a different machine? Just choose a little different workout to do that day. You don't have to do the exact same thing on a circuit. So, uh, yeah. Is she a jerk for pointing out the rules? No. Emailing the people and trying to get it and getting his membership revoked? Probably a little bit. (laughs) Uh, No, I agree. I think they're both kind of... They both, they're both at fault. Yeah. And uh, spoiler, that's going to be a very common theme of mine to the rest of these, (laughs) unfortunately. So, so if you're in public and something like this happens, I think like there's been this rebellion against the rise of the Karen or something like that. (laughs) You have to be careful that you're not falling into the trap of being just as rude as someone that you would consider a Karen, because this is what happens in scenarios like this. All right. Anything else you want to know before we move on to it? All right. Next section, we're going to be talking about family. That's going to get testy. We'll be right back. going to continue as Alexander said getting into some more examples specifically having to do with your family so the next one that we uh, have reads my brother and my future sister-in-law will have a destination wedding in the Philippines and they wanted us to fly in two days prior to their wedding day however they're not paying for any of our flights hotel food and etc my friend grew up in the Philippines and moved to the USA at 13 she's 27 now but I ha- hasn't visited her home country at all. 
She's told me she's wanted to visit the country to pay respects to her late grandparents and to see the beaches again. Well, since we're there, we plan to extend our stay for another week or two after my brother's wedding. During that time, I plan to pop the question. We've talked about marriage, and she gave me the okay sign to propose. I was dropping off some stuff to my brother and future sister-in-law, and my brother joked with me about getting married. Then I mentioned to him that I uh, plan to propose in the Philippines. I explained that we're extending our stay in the country <clears throat> and staying at a different island after the reception. My brother was thrilled and promised to not, sp uh, not let the beans spill. However, my future sister-in-law overheard the conversation and screamed at me not to do that. The trip to the Philippines was all about their wedding, and I would be a major jerk if I proposed. My brother chimed and said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a jerk, but it's not like I'm proposing at their wedding or reception. I might as well make use of the travel. Woo! So, Alexander. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> One more sentence. Uh, it says at the very end, future sister-in-law said that I would be taking away the attention from their wedding. Mm -hmm. So when you read this, un unpack this one for us, brother. All right. First of all, this is <clears throat> your wedding automatic. Facts. Bad. That's, facts. Don't do this to your friends and family, please. Big facts. All right. Your wedding will be beautiful regardless. Uh, but again, this one was honestly a little bit hard for me because uh, my, my grandmother is suffering from dementia. And that meant that my family wasn't able to really travel to see my engagement. Mm -hmm. So while it was nice having both of our families there, it was on my parents' back porch. So it wasn't like the most romantic of scenes. So I would love to have had an opportunity to do something more beautiful for Bonnie. I think she deserved that. Regardless, so I, I'm sympathetic to the idea of being proposed to in the Philippines. Additionally, it seems like they're going to be leaving a different to a, go to, to a different island and it's going to be after the wedding to do this proposal. Uh, so I, I do think that's at least a considerate thing for him to do that. Um, my perspective, though, is, is he's not a jerk for doing this. If you're going to propose near a friend, friend or family's wedding, this is my advice. Like, be very considerate. Charlie mentioned uh, Philippians 2 earlier, and I want to bring up that passage as well here. <clears throat> Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. That's Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. From there, Paul comments on how Jesus showed this in his humiliation, service, and death. So whenever we think about how we handle an issue that isn't black and white necessarily like this, we should still be seeing firstly or seeing it firstly as an opportunity to serve. So regardless of how, if, if his future sister-in-law really screamed at him about this, any way she treated him, he should have been thinking, all right, what can I do to help and serve at this wedding and to make it as far away as possible from it because she takes this very seriously. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Charlie? I mean, I feel like there's a general <clears throat> unwritten rule against doing stuff like proposing mm -hmm. at the same time as a friend's wedding or like a sibling's ma like getting married. You know, it's just like a general not wise move, right? It's pretty frowned upon. But it seems like at least the way that he is going about it is a very appropriate way. The fact that he's talking with his brother and sister-in-law about it before shows that he obviously cares. Um, but it's interesting that the sister-in-law basically accuses him of being selfish when now she's the one that's being selfish mm. in the situation, right? Um, and this is a problem, man. There's a, there's a whole 
discussion to have on wedding culture at this point, right? And just the idea of it not, and, and this is what we've come to, right? Or we can't even be happy for someone else that's potentially going to be getting married because, you know, oh, they're going to be taken away from my wedding and that's not okay. It's just like, really? Come on, come on, come on. We should all be happy for each other. Yeah. And that brings me to my verse, this is Romans twelve fifteen, the idea of rejoicing with those who rejoice, right? Your brother, your future, her future brother-in-law, right? Looking at it from her perspective, is someone who's about to get married, right? They're about to propose. That's super, super happy, right? Be happy for him. Be excited for him. Same thing for him, right? Be excited for your sister-in-law and brother. And it doesn't say anything that he's against, right? He's not in any way seeming to be against the wedding, right? Mm -hmm. um, though it's a destination wedding, he seems to have good spirits about it. And he's going to make the most of it and take advantage of the trip, which I think is really good. Mm -hmm. This idea of just... Being happy for other people and their happiness is really important, even if, right, you're also in a very happy time. That should only just amplify your joy, right? Mm -hmm. She's getting married. Should be super exciting. Oh, man, now your future family member is getting married. That's even more exciting, right? Let that build on itself, right? Let, let, let the joy just pour out of you guys at that mm -hmm. point, I think, is what you should do. Instead of just being like, oh, that's my day. <laughs> oh, can't, can't, can't interrupt my day. Yeah. No day is your day. <laughs> So I really, I really appreciate you pointing out the idea of like where our wedding culture is, yeah. where it's just like you get to be king and queen of the universe for a mm -hmm. day. You're inviting all these people and they're taking time to get gifts, especially you're inviting them to the Philippines. Yep. You're not paying for anything. Yep. You should be willing to say, hey, that's that's great for you. We, we want you here and we're excited for your future, as, yep. as you were saying. So when you're having a wedding, also remember to celebrate the people who came and exactly. are supporting you. Yep. That's that's a that was so important for our wedding. Yep. It was such a joy. Uh, stop being a bunch of selfish yep. jerk people. Yeah, okay? it's, true. It's, it's so true. Right? I mean, like, I always joke about this when people are planning a wedding. And, and, and it's a joke, but there's some truth to it as well, right? The wedding day is not about you. It's about the people. It's about others, yeah. right? Yeah. It, it really, in reality, is like you, you put on this big show. You put on this big event, right? You're not putting it on for yourself. You're putting it on for the people that you're inviting to come. Mm -hmm. So if they can come. They can see this, right? They can have a good experience. They can have a good time, eat good food, have fun with their friends, you know, X, Y, Z, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's not it's not all about you, right? And, you know, like you said, even though this is a destination wedding, so it's like super extra, but even a normal wedding too, right? People travel from like all over the place when you get married, right? Whether it's family coming from across the country. Um, like when I got married, I had family from Minnesota that came all the way down, yeah. right? That's not convenient, <laughs> but they came anyways. But essentially, my non-destination wedding was a destination wedding for yeah, them, right? Yeah. I made them travel all the way down here, right? So just being considerate of that, recognizing the fact that, you know, they're there to celebrate you mm -hmm. and be happy about that. Super, super important. Absolutely. Um, yeah. If you're about to get married, consider that. All right. Whew. Next one's a little, a little heavy. A little heavy. All right. My, this is a 30-year-old male talking, sister, who is 32 years old and female, is a recovering heroin addict, and she has a 12-year-old daughter. She's already been an addict, she had already been an addict for a couple of years when she got pregnant and cut off most of the family when we didn't give her money. She was also on probation at the time. She ended up failing a drug test while pregnant and her daughter taken at birth, literally at birth. She never even got to see her. I'll give her credit and say she cleaned up her act big time when that happened. She went to rehab, got a job, and now is 12 years sober and living on her own. My niece ended up getting placed with a nice foster family who adopted her. My sister got supervised visitation when she was four. Unsurprisingly, she has no attachment to my sister 
and saw her foster family as her real one. She still gets a few hours on a weekend to see her, but by now my niece has gone from indifferent to annoyed to having to spend 90 days or 90 minutes every Saturday chatting with a stranger. She'd now prefer not to see my sister again. And she agreed to that. She's been beside herself for weeks now, talking about how she feels like all her work was for nothing and that they and it's like they took her away again. I reminded her that the girl has no attachment to her and that it's her fault for doing drugs while pregnant. She should have stayed clean. And this is the consequence of that mistake. She accused me of being unsympathetic and said that I have no idea what it's like to give birth and never meet your baby after that, along with some other insults. Our mother found out from her and said that while I was right, it didn't need to be said then and now. All right. This one, again, really heavy, really yeah. difficult. Uh, but I, for me, I really do agree with how the mother responds to this. Yeah. The facts of this, like me, I'm, I'm very fact-based. So like, here's the reality. This guy is exactly right. When you are having a child, or even before you have a child, you're already thinking and planning about how am I going to sacrifice for this child? How am I going to serve for them? How am I going to bring them into the world? Uh, so me, even as a married person, having a child is pretty, I don't know how far it is in the future, but like, we're already thinking about, all right, are we going to public school, homeschool? Like, what are, what are we, how are we preparing to make our child's life you know, good? And she made a mistake getting into these drugs for herself and her own danger, but also for her child. Uh, so he's right about that. You have to make these decisions about how you're going to bring your child into the world even before they're there. On the flip side, however, I do think he comes out the situation wrong because she's she's been beside herself for weeks. She's been hurting. She's been probably hurting for 12 years since she had this kid, you know, trying to clean up her act, trying to get all this stuff together. And now her own daughter doesn't want anything to do with her. That's a really difficult place to be in. So the sister doesn't need someone right now telling her about how much of a failure she is or giving her a ton of advice, which is a danger I fall into quite a bit. Um, she already feels like a failure. She already feels like everything she's done is for nothing. So my advice is like a Jesus at Lazarus's tomb, Paul in Romans 12 and in 1 Corinthians 12, that you weep with the person who's hurting, that you're just showing compassion to them, that we suffer with them, we comfort them in the ways that we can, and we support them. That even though she pushes away in the past, we don't hold that against her, we strive to help her. Um, I would be very tempted to try to heal that relationship right now, immediately, but that's not the place that they're in. Just give the little girl some time to adjust, and hopefully in time she'll actually want to have this relationship with her mother. Um, so, But that's just going to take time. So what his responsibility, I think, as a brother is to help her in the moment, help her as she tries to rebuild their relationship with the family, and hopefully that will lead into uh, bleed into helping with the, his niece. So that's what I take. Uh, <clears throat> Any yeah. other perspective, Charlie? No, nah, this is absolutely this is a tough one, right? And honestly, I feel pretty inadequate about talking about this one because I really, you know, I I genuinely don't have any experience with anything like this, and I hope I don't ever have to have an experience with this, right? I cannot imagine losing a child in this way. Um, you know, should she have been doing drugs? Absolutely not. But the reason why she did that in the past that it's not that's no longer important, mm -hmm. right? What's important is she has seemingly moved past that and is better now, right? And that's what you should be focusing on, the fact that she is, she is, you know, healing from that, not that she, you know, once struggled with it. 
Um, and now she's hurting, right? She's hurting for what her choices in the past cost her. And she recognizes that. And so I think uh, the brother who posted this is, is, is the jerk in this yeah. situation, right? And I agree with you as to why. Like the mom said, it's neither the time nor the place for an I told you so, right? In fact, there are very few times and places for a good old fashioned <laughs> I told you so, right? This is certainly one of them, right? She obviously understands what her mistake cost her, right? She has obviously learned that because she's acknowledging about how sad the situation is. So to come in and be like, well, it's your own fault. Like that's, woo, man, cutthroat family, man. They cut deep, bro. Um, right. She, she has a very real physical ramification for her actions in the past that she's having to deal with now. So don't slap her in the face with it, right? Instead, comfort her. And help her so she doesn't fall back in the same thing again. I think Romans 12, again, it's perfect. Like you said, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. Cause like the, the one we did before this, you know, focuses on the beginning of that rejoicing with those who rejoice. But then this one, if you just continue reading the verse, weeping with those that weep, mm-hmm. right? It's just, it, if you know, if you just apply that one particular verse here, all across the last two, yeah, I think it solves it pretty well. For sure. Um, and it's funny how we, we're going to keep using some more passages as we move forward, right? Because all right. God very clearly lays with lays out for us how we are to act in day-to-day life, being a kind person, right? Mm-hmm. Though it can be difficult in reality, right? It's 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 a relatively simple thing to think about, right? So <clears throat> yeah. Don't 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 give don't give her the I told you so. Instead, just be like, you know, a comforting brother. Recognize all the the, the progress she's made. For sure. Family is tough. So dealing with is I can't imagine dealing with it, as Charlie mentioned. But yeah, Romans 12, it, it handles a lot of these interactions of like, how do we need to be treating people? But we also have to talk not just about the family relationships, but also about husbands and wives. So in our next section, we're going to be covering that. We'll be right back. In this section, as I've already mentioned, we're going to be talking about husband and wife relationships and how we should be handling these. Uh, we're, we're both husbands, so probably be a little bit harsher than husbands. <laughs> we'll see, though. Uh, <clears throat> all right. I, a 32-year-old male, work fully remote, and my wife, a 30-year-old female, works two to three days in office. On days where she commutes in the morning, I wake up early with her make us French press coffee while she gets ready, and I walk her to the ferry, which is approximately a five-minute walk, and then approximately a five, ten-minute wait for the ferry onboarding. On her walk, she insists that I carry her purse, saying that her bag is heavy, that she has to carry it all day, and that if I carry it on the walk, it would mean a lot to her. I told her that she's putting me in an awkward situation where I either need to A, carry her purse, which I prefer not to do, or B, have an argument first thing in the morning because I refuse to carry her purse. Maybe I'm just stubborn, but to me, carrying my wife's purse and then standing in line with all the commuters waiting to board the ferry as I hold my wife's purse for her to commute to work is a bit emasculating and humiliating. She, on the other hand, thinks it would be a nice gesture. And the fact that I find it emba- or that I find it embarrassing for me is irritating because I should A, care more about what she thinks than what other people think, and B, comfortable enough in my own skin not to feel emasculated or humiliated. So what do you think? Am I the jerk for telling my wife I don't want to carry her purse? Uh, my opinion on this one, 
the easiest one we've covered thus far. I think the easiest one in here. Yes, you are a jerk. Sorry. Uh, it's your wife's purse. Yes, what she thinks about you is more important than what other people think about you. I am mainly inexperienced uh, as a husband. I will admit that I'm not even a year in. But one of the things I've learned over this year is realizing how selfish I am with my time, with my things, with my space. And a big part of this year has been learning to be like, oh, when Jesus or when Paul in Ephesians 5.25 says to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, dying for her, that is a genuine like every day I have to wake up and really like nail that into my noggin. I have to be constantly thinking about this may not feel like the most comfortable thing for me to be doing, but am I, is it doing something to serve my wife? And a situation like just holding a purse, I, I've had to hold the purse before when she goes to the bathroom or something like that. It's really not that big of a deal. Uh, I would agree with the wife. Feel more comfortable in your own skin. Be enough, be comfortable enough to be in your manhood that you don't have to worry about like carrying a purse. Uh, so honestly, the way you treat your wife reflects whether you're a real man or not. The way you treat your children reflects that. Do you lead, protect, and serve her? Uh, if not, you need to. So I think this guy's a jerk for not doing it. Pretty straightforward, in my opinion. Charlie, you have a different yep. one? or No, so <clears throat> right off the bat, personal advice for all you future married people or people that are married, right? This should not exist. <laughs> in no way, in no way should you ever take to Reddit to discuss your marital problems. Mm. Doesn't matter how small or how big they are. That's probably the worst thing that you can do in the situation, right? If you have a problem with your spouse, which obviously this person does, how about you talk to your spouse? Mm. And if that's not okay, right? If it's not going well, and I understand sometimes that doesn't go well, right? Then go to the most non-biased third party that you trust for advice. And even then, I would recommend if you're doing that alone, communicate with your spouse when you are doing that, right? Keep the communication open between your spouse. Going mm -hmm. to the internet, the most biased and the most public place you could possibly go is a terrible idea that will lead to nothing good. Mm -hmm. You are either going to get bad advice or you're going to be reassured that you're in the right, furthering your bad attitude and pushing you further from your spouse. Personal rant aside. <laughs> Don't do that. Just talk to your spouse. Um, okay, so setting that aside, um, I'm going to be honest. This one kind of made me laugh when I first read it in a way. Uh, read it. Uh, read it. Uh, uh -huh. uh, right. <laughs> Here we have a man who, to his credit, he is trying to serve his wife, right? He gets up early with her on the day she doesn't have to, makes her coffee, French press, takes some time. It's not as easy just, you know, throwing beans, uh, beans, throwing grounds. <laughs> into a coffee maker and hit and start, right? You actually gotta take some time with it, um, right? He's keeping her company on her walk. I think it's hilariously petty, the fact that he points out the time at each one, mm. a five minute walk, a 10 minute wait. It's like, all right, dude, don't don't look at the clock, bro. <laughs> Chill out. Um, but like, it, and nonetheless, right? He, he is doing things that he does not have to do, right? Does he have to do any of it? No, he does not. Mm. He does it probably out of love. The fact that he times it, eh makes you kind of question it, but and nonetheless, he still does it. So obviously he cares about his wife in some way. Mm. Now, I think both people in the situation are a bit selfish. On the husband's side, totally agree with you. I think you could also use a verse like Matthew 5, 41, talking about if someone forces you to go a mile, go within two miles, Ooh. right? 
We are called to serve, and sometimes that's physically doing something that you don't want to do. On the other hand, to the wife, right? Look at what he's already doing for you. He probably does not want to be doing any of that. No one wants to get up early. No one wants to have to go through all of that stuff in the morning, right? Keeping his wife company on a walk. He's doing a pretty good bit, right? Just, just looking at this as a whole, he's, he's doing a pretty good bit in the morning. So instead of asking for more, maybe take a minute, recognize all that he's doing and thank him for all that he's doing, right? Um, now, his reasoning for not wanting to do, for not wanting to carry the purse, it's not great, right? It's not right. It's like, it, it's not about it being physical, right? And annoying. It's about the emasculation of carrying a purse. Yeah, you should get over that, like you said. Um, my conclusion on this particular one, they're both selfish in their own ways, hmm. right? And they need to communicate about it. Don't, don't get on the internet, right? Maybe when she gets home in the afternoon, <clears throat> like you said, you don't want to have an argument in the morning. The good news is, is you're married. So you spend more time with each other than just the mornings. So you can have other opportunities to talk with him as well. You've got dinner, you've got evenings, you've even got the two to three days a week she works from home, right? Find an appropriate time and talk with her about it, right? Yeah. Tell her how you feel, let her tell you how she feels, which it seems like you've kind of done, right? But communicate it even more, right? And then work together to come up with some sort of a compromising solution because mm -hmm. that's marriage, not writing about it on the internet. Yeah. So, all right. Quick <clears throat> advice to anyone when you're starting a podcast, get a co-host because I wasn't even thinking about the idea that he posts this on Reddit. So thanks to Charlie for actually pointing out, like, this is a really dumb thing to do. Yeah. Not, especially on Reddit. These people don't know what they're talking about. Don't get, don't get advice from them. Yeah. Uh, so yes, take, take all that stuff in consideration. Uh, Maybe I'm more cynical because of my own lack of <laughs> husbanding skills. No, nah, man. <laughs> First year of marriage is big fun. It's funny when listening to you talk about it. And, you know, yeah, man, learning learning the uh, how to live with someone else. That's a challenge. That's definitely a challenge. That's not what our podcast is on today, but I wanted to point that out. That's big fun, man. That, that first year and the growing pains, you know, it uh, it's it's tough. It's tough to – and it's not always big things. It's little yeah. things sometimes. Little, little, little daily habits that you didn't even know that you had. That then they pointed out to you and you're like, I can't live without that, you know, or, or little things that they do that you didn't know they did. You're like, huh, that's different. I didn't know you did that. And I don't like that. Right. And then it's just, yeah, it's a fun time, but you know, it's also at the same time, it's some, it can, it should be something that you enjoy to do together. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you take little problems like this, like not wanting to carry a purse or that. Right. And you work together, right. And you come up with how you as a family are going to do it, not mm -hmm. how you as an individual wanted to do it. Not how she wants to do it, but how you together are going to do it. Yeah. I think that's like super important. Um, Hashtag one flesh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, man. I say that like it's super easy. Man, it's not easy. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> man, we're all really stubborn and it's really hard to give up some things that we want to, but you have to. Yeah. Unfortunately, you have to. Somebody's got to be the bigger person um, typically in order to get that ball rolling, but it's super important to do that. Uh, and it is really important to to have someone to talk to, right? I think that's also important. You want you want someone you trust, you know, a neutral third party. But again, that ain't Reddit. Mm. That ain't the internet period. Yeah. But sorry. Uh no. That was that was that was very good. <laughs> uh we have another we have another <clears throat> marriage one here. Yeah. Uh another and a baby involved. So oof. Yeah. Uh Charlie, you want to read this one? Yeah. So this one starts off with a necessary background on us. 
we are both what is considered, quote, elite, high-paying jobs that are very demanding. We are expecting our first child due in a few months. About a month ago, my husband told me that he hates his job and wants to quit the profession completely. I told him it wasn't a great time because we're expecting a baby, and I asked him to stick it out until the baby was born so that he could get paid parental leave. I told him I didn't think that it was fair for him to quit his job while I continued to work and carry the baby. Fast forward, we've had this discussion multiple times, and I've told him I don't want him to quit. Each time, he tells me his job is awful, and it gives him anxiety. He hates it, dreads work every day, seems to have panic attacks, and seems to have panic attacks. When we talked about it, initially, I I just said, don't quit. Later, I've changed to, okay, you can quit, but what's your plan? What will you do once you quit? He says he doesn't have one and doesn't want uh, to think of one before quitting because he's just so stressed and hates his job so much, he just needs to quit immediately. I told him I'm not okay with him just not working, but if it's temporary, it's okay. I want him to at least work a job, any job, in the future. Admittedly, my income alone could support us, but I don't want to support someone who just doesn't want to work. So I've said it's okay for him to quit and be unemployed for a while. But I'm just uncomfortable with the lack of a plan or even the idea for what comes next. He said he wants to quit and never work again. I said I'm not okay with that. I've told him it's his life. It's up to him uh, what he does to make himself happy. If that's quitting, then that's fine. I'm not okay with him never working again. He thinks I only want him around for his earning potential. In parentheses, he he and I each make six figures. While yes, this is partially true, I want him to be earning money, but it's not like I ask him for the money that he earns. We have separate bank accounts. We earn similar salaries. I'm not in need of the money he makes. I just don't want him to do nothing. So he's angry that I want him for the money. He So he's angry that I only want him for the money he can earn because I've told him that I wouldn't stay with him if he quits and never works again. I'm not happy that he wants to quit his job and never work again. FYI, we're in our early 30s. Am I the jerk? All right. All right, Alexander. Unpack it, brother. As you read this out loud, I'm reconsidering my answer. <laughs> uh, yeah. First of all, as Charlie already mentioned, not good to come with an issue like this mm. to the internet. Mm. So clearly. But also, uh, I, I really went after in my original script, I went after the man pretty hard. But the more I read this, this woman is really let me just say that. Uh, all right. Oh, I'm glad you're coming to that. We talked yeah. we talked earlier, like the, the purse thing can be a little petty. Uh that's that's a little squabble, can be handled pretty easily. Uh this one this one is just like, all right, what is anyone doing right in this relationship? Yeah, yeah. Like at yeah. I didn't even like I guess I didn't read it out loud to myself. I didn't even hear that she just, oh, I'm going to leave you. If yep. you like, yep. what? It's the first thing I noticed. That's the most conditional the first, love thing I've thing ever about. seen. Yeah. Oh, okay, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> do I even want to say, okay, oh, hold on. Man. This guy sounds like a whiny baby. I got to say that. Uh, I did work two jobs for a little bit, um, supporting or getting ready for, ready for our wedding. So I understand that working can be a drag. Especially, I wasn't making no six figures. Working at Panera, like it, it's not fun. But 
when that need comes, I think it is a man's responsibility that like I'll do more work, whatever mm -hmm. I, I can. Uh, I do think it's really cool that women in our culture can go out and work and make lives for themselves. I think that's a great thing. But that does not absolve a man, a husband, of a responsibility of working. Yeah. So if wife is making money, needs to be actively at home working with the kids, keeping the house clean, finding ways to opportunities to serve in the community, especially for the Christian and the church, whatever it may be. Um, and if the wife tells you to go back to work, I, I think you go. Uh, you serve her and you serve your kids. That, that, that's my perspective. Uh, so same thing from Ephesians 5, but I also extended it to 1 Peter 3, where it says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace, uh, with the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. That's 1 Peter 3, 7. I think this passage is very unfairly lambasted because weaker has been taken to mean emotional weakness or spiritual or physical. I think the understanding is the woman, when she chooses to be a wife, is submitting herself under the husband. She is choosing to make herself weaker. So because of that, the man needs to be considerate as she's putting herself in a weaker role. That does not, uh, and I think that includes physical protection or protection from manipulation, spiritual, emotional, all those. So we have to honor our wives. And when your wife is pregnant and asking you to work and asking if you have a plan, you should consider that. Do I have a plan? Do I, how do I make sure that I'm bringing something in? Uh, it's one of the hardest things about being a husband is learning that it's not about you. Again, though, uh, as Charlie read this, I have to consider that this woman is also making it very much about herself, too. That she's not being very considerate about him. Um, so while I encourage ladies to not marry this man, I also encourage men not to marry this lady. This is not the type of person you need to be uh, having a child with and trying to form a life with because she, in some ways, is very conditionally loving. Yep. I love you if you bring in income and stuff like that. Yep. So that's not helpful. None of these are a good situation. Yeah. Uh, all right, Charlie. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot to unpack on this one, man. It's... <clears throat> this one, this one was a good one. Uh, it's actually the first one. Uh, I, when I started reading these, I, I started with the last one and worked my way up mm -hmm. back. This is the first one I, I read and wrote a response to, and and uh, you know, the, the like I said, the, the first thing that stood out to me when I read this was her last like little statement there of like, I told him that I wouldn't stay with him if he quits and never works again. Right there, right. That tells me that there is some level of selfishness on both sides of this mm -hmm. marriage. Okay. The other thing that kills me with this is that with all of these, you're only ever getting one side. Okay. So is she over dramatizing how bad her husband actually is? Maybe so. We don't know that. So we got to take it for what it is. Unfortunately, right. I, I kind of hate that because you don't, you don't know both sides of the story and situation. You're having to go off of only one person's obviously very upset perspective in the situation. So they're looking through, through this with, you know, through their lens and we have to see it through their lens as well. So that's how we're going to have to address it. Right. And that's the same with all of these that we've read. So um, I'm not saying that she's more selfish than the guy, right? Um, you know, and, and, and don't worry, I will get to the guy in a second. There's, there's a lot to do there too. But she is most certainly not perfect either, right? You've made the decision to marry this man at this point, right? You likely, even if you're not a Christian, vowed something along the lines of, you know, good times and bad times till death do we part. Right, there's probably some type of a vow that was made in the situation. Now you've made the vow. Now you're in the marriage. Now there's no going back. Yeah. Right. And I know that I see that from a perspective of looking at it through the lens of scripture. Right. And and people who don't look at it in that way will look at it differently. Even some people who look at it in the lens of scripture will still look at it in a different way than that and be like, oh, you can get out of it. Right. 
But no, right? Divorce is absolutely not an option. You, you're, you're, you're in it now. You've signed up. So no matter how selfish he may be at times, threatening divorce, never the answer. Never a smart idea. Especially not threatening divorce on a public forum, right? I really hope that she has talked to him about this and has opened up and told him all of these things. I really hope she has. For some reason, I have low expectations. <laughs> Just reading this post, right? She is definitely in the wrong for that. No one should ever have that perspective in their marriage, okay? If it has come to that, right? If your marriage has come to that point, when you were at that point, seek help, right? Don't take to a Reddit forum. Seek help. Seek counseling. Seek advice, right? Seek the Lord, right? Read scripture, right? Um, that that's what you should be doing in the situation. If that's where you're at, that's that is an incredibly scary moment to be in, right? So 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 seek some help, right, for the both of you in this situation. Go talk to somebody about this. It's really important for you because now you're in a very critical moment in your marriage, right? Where it could very easily go one way or the other, and that's not where you want to be sitting, right? So, her her perspective: mm-hmm. get some help. Don't do what you've done, right? Understand that you know you're both selfish in the situation. So yeah. Now to the man. I agree. Man needs to suck it up a little bit, right? Life's hard. Work is not always an enjoyable experience. Now I get it. His job may be awful. And that's that's bad, right? That, that's fine. You can absolutely get another job, okay? I can't remember the stat. But the average number of jobs, like an individual person works over a lot of time, it's a lot, right? People change jobs all the time. That's totally fine, right? Seek out for another job. Seek out something, right? But... The idea of just giving up and living off your wife because you think you can't handle the stress, that's a very selfish, selfish position to take, right? So my mind goes to 1 Timothy 5, 3 through 8, um, talking specifically about taking care of widows in that particular situation, but then he broadens it to the household as a whole, right? Um, and this idea like, you know, if, if you're just a bum, right, and you're not taking care of your family, you're not taking care of your household, straight up, you are worse than an unbeliever, right? If that's the particular way you're going to go about it. And that's really intense, right? And that's something that we have to take seriously, right? It's more than just providing for your wife. It's providing for your entire household, your family, everybody, right? And if you're not doing that, then you may as well be an unbeliever because that's that's where you're going to be at in God's eyes. And that's, that's awful, right? I think we can also go back to passages like Ephesians chapter 5 as well. Um, I think, you know, if you're truly loving your wife, if you're putting her needs before yours and you're going to listen to her and you're going to provide for her. Um, now with first Peter three, totally think that's absolutely a fair uh, way to use that, that passage in this as well. When I read first Peter three, I, I do tend to take a more literal translation of that verse. Right. Uh, and I, I recognize that a lot of people have issue with that verse, right? It can be problematic, especially through the lens of society today. I personally, the reason why a lot of people find problem with this passage is because when they read the word weaker, their mind automatically thinks lesser. Mm. And that's a very inappropriate way to view and then apply that particular verse. Peter is not saying that anyone is is greater than the other or one is lesser than the other when he says that. He's just, I think he's recognizing that we're different, right? Mm. Though our society tells us that weaker means worse or weaker means lesser, unfortunately, right? That's not the way that this passage should be applied, right? We're just made differently. We're made for very specific roles and specific roles that are laid out in other passages. Like we have like in Ephesians chapter five, right? 
we, we have order in our household. We have roles that we have been given to, right? And we have the love that we're supposed to have for each other. And so when you have a husband and a wife who are working together in the way that God has laid out for us, that is when you truly unlock the beauty of marriage as a whole, right? Not just marriage and the, and, and the enjoyableness of, you know, having a partner, but the, what it means, right? What it represents, what it shows, the way God intended it for it to be, right? Um, marriage, you know, with each other, our relationship with each other, right? And then our relationship with God and how we'll eventually be with him and enter into him someday. Where there is no husband, there is no wife, right? There is us. We are all together and we are one with God, right? We are united with him, right? Um, and I think that's, you know, we could do a whole podcast on marriage. And I feel, have we done one? Yeah. Before I, I got here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the marriage relationship is such, is such a beautiful and wonderful thing that God has given us, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, especially those who don't look out through the eyes of Scripture, you miss the whole point, right? I sometimes wonder, like, and, and now I begin to understand, I feel like a little bit more why marriage is kind of a dying thing, mm-hmm. because people don't get it, right? You don't understand. It's not just about having a spouse, you know, someone that's with you every day. It's so much more than that, right? It means so much more uh, than that, right? It, it's it's the idea of, you know, being able to have a family with somebody else, being able to demonstrate this relationship with your spouse, demonstrate your relationship with God, show this greater meaning, this deeper understanding, right? And then be able to grow together upwards toward God where you can eventually be reunited with him or, or reunited, united with him, enter into him where there is no distinction, right? It's just God and us. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Sorry, that's a big sidebar on marriage and, no. you know, and the understanding of it. But man, when I read this, man, I'm just like, they are, they're, they're obviously struggling, yeah. right? And they're, and like I said, man, this is not a place that you want to get to in your marriage. Unfortunately, a lot of people find themselves in a situation, whether it's something like, you know, working versus not working, man, even if you get into a situation where someone has cheated on somebody else, right? Mm. You, when you get to these points in marriages, when you're thinking about, you know, a big divorce, right? When you're, when you're contemplating that idea, that's scary. And I don't want to be in that situation. right? And I don't want anyone to ever be in that situation. Um, Obviously, this is a very serious topic for these people. If you find yourself in this as well, get some help. Don't just let it sit and do not go to other people looking for reassurance on mm. your side. Um, that's a very dangerous place to get because the last thing you want to get is even more, um, what's the word selfish, but really more like ingrained into your belief and that what you're doing is right. And the other person is just the worst thing ever. Cause when you read this, that's definitely what she's making it seem like, Oh, he's just awful. Yeah. He's just a baby. He doesn't want to work. He doesn't want to do this. And I want to leave him. Mm. Maybe that's the reality. But maybe it's not. Yeah. No way, honestly, for us to know, unfortunately. But yeah. Sorry. There. That was that was a heavy one. Yeah. Red flags all over the place yeah. here. Uh, Christians, be advised. The way that the culture treats marriage, it's either just a weird thing that Ugh. humans came up with, yep. or it's a government institution. Therefore, when the government says, hey, uh, we're going to allow anybody to get married or whatever. You know, that's the perspective that everybody else takes. The institution we believe in, in marriage, is something that is God-ordained. It is not something that we just came up with. So that means we don't get to just willy-nilly say, oh, I'm going to leave you for these type of really petty, foolish things. 
One thing I did want to mention is a man should try to get some therapy. Uh, I yeah. forgot to mention that with his yep. anxiety, his panic attacks. Yep. I take mental health very seriously. Yep. But you know, I Absolutely. don't also take that make. I don't think that also gives you an excuse. Yeah. Both of them should. Yes. She obviously probably looks like she has some yes. anger things she For needs sure. to work out as well. But yeah, they both need individual therapy Oof. and couples counseling. But I agree wholly. Yeah, that's a good point to bring out. Yeah, he, I, yeah, I honestly kind of overlooked that. Yeah, but that's true. It, yeah, yeah, he is. He's dealing. He's obviously dealing with some level of anxiety, which is awful. It's tough. But yeah, he shouldn't. He should be seeking help for that. I hope that what you've seen from this is that rudeness is alive and well. <laughs> like it's it's just, and I mean, some of these honestly it goes beyond rudeness into just like genuine. Ah, they're 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 about to do something evil, or yeah. they're it's it's not good. It's yeah. not they're, they're they're looking for help. It seems like each one of these, the person posted because they're looking for help, right? Yeah. You're asking the question, am I a jerk on a yeah. public forum? And that's just why I just, why? Uh, <laughs> why is that where you're yeah. seeking for help? man? I, I guess if you got nowhere else to turn. But, I mean, all these things emphasize the importance of seeing marriage as something that's God ordained or seeing the church as a place where you find like unbiased help, yep. uh, finding genuine community in that. And uh, Again, with all these, we're able to point out passages from Scripture where we're like, hey, this is what you need to be considering. Uh, I mean, for them, probably a bunch of non-believers in this situation. But yeah, we have to make sure that whenever we're trying to handle a situation, our first thought is, what does Jesus want me to meditate on? What does Jesus want me to act like? Uh, as I already mentioned, what would Jesus do? So we have to be very considerate and all that. Uh, but yeah, that's the tough stuff in there, but... I hope that you guys got some enjoyment out of it. Uh, you have anything else you want to say, Charlie? No, just can't reiterate it again, man. The internet is not the place you seek help. No, do not. Unless it's our podcast. Unless it's We're our here to help podcast. You. Amen. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> We're thankful for your listens. Really appreciate it. Really, we want you to remind you, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. It's the end of Romans 12 there. Uh, take this stuff really seriously. Do not let, let the culture surrounding us teach us how we're supposed to act. Let Jesus and his inspired writers teach us what, how we're supposed to act. All right. Thank you all for listening. We hope you have a blessed week, and we'll see you in the next one.